Matching colored hats. Did you guys plan that? No, I. Uh, this is my casual attire. Uh, yeah, what? Uh, you're gonna lie. We became secret friends, and we decided to match hats. Yeah, we, we knew. What's <laughs> up? Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot. Um, we were just rambling to ourselves about our hair for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> it was. It was very much a girl session, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, I wanted to let everyone know. So we are rolling and we are recording. And I do want to let everyone know that we have the real life. What's that boy's name? I don't know his name, but the real life kid from up. On our podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> In the flesh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it when people bring out my childhood photos. <laughs> that shit is the best. Like, seriously, first of all, I just adore that character. Like, one of the top characters in Disney. My name sure. is Russell, and I'm here. <laughs> That's what it is. His name's Russell. It's Russell. <laughs> That's what it is. So there's this thing on, I don't know, do you have Bo? Do you have Disney Plus? I do. Doug and the Pops or whatever. Did, have, did you watch, there is a, Disney Plus has this, like, Disney in real life thing? Yeah. So, you have, to, you have to watch it. It's like a little series on Disney Plus. It's called, like, Disney in real life or something. And there's where yeah. Russell is, like, standing in, like, New York City or something. Big, big city. I say New York, but I could be anywhere. But he's standing in, like, a big city. And he talks to people so he can earn his badge. It's freaking adorable. <laughs> so good. It's like, it is so good. I don't know where they found this kid, but he is the spitting image of Russell. And he does the character so well. Like, so well. It blew my mind. So you're telling me I, I have to look this up on Disney+. 100%. Like, you have to okay. go home tonight and do it. And yeah, you have to do it. <laughs> Wait, so where in the world are you now? Costa Rica? Mexico. Florida? Okay. Plus, like, <laughs> no, not even gloves, but yeah. Damn. Yeah. Where in Mexico? Uh, near, it's uh, San Jose del Cabo. Okay. Basically. I have no, I yeah. have no geography experience. Yeah. I don't, so. I don't think I really understood where this was either. But if you know where Cabo San Lucas is, you know where this is. Yeah. yeah so, you yeah. know. We're, we're like 30 minutes from Cabo San Lucas. Okay, cool. So. And Mariah, where are you at? I'm in Florida, Port St. Lucie. Okay, cool. Where are you uh, at? Yeah, where are you at, Bo? Where are you at? Uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Are you in a uh, closet? Yeah. Yes, and that I pay <laughs> way too much money for. Oh. <laughs> that, um, I, I could imagine. Yeah, city life. Yeah, you're you're high roller though. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So I do really want to talk about extra tough. Obviously, mm -hmm. I would imagine you would know that. Um, I want to start. I, there's this. And correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I've been like holding back on wanting to talk to you about this because I knew one day I would have this come around and it's always stuck with me and I've always thought it was so freaking cool when you said this but one time I was with you you made the statement that like you got hired and like this was just a fun little project and you were just like a kid and then extra like extra tough was there but you kind of exploded it into what it is right now and that just blew my mind blew my mind <laughs> that's like yeah I'm like shorthand yeah yeah i know um, i'm probably making it sound like really luxurious but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i want to really grab that story and i want to yep. hear it because i would have sat you down for like 10 hours at the time and be like tell me everything but yeah. I've, wait I've waited years for you to tell me this. <laughs> Damn, you guys, this is like probably the first time I'll, t I'll uh, tell the story on a public forum. So um, I'll try not to get in trouble with anybody. But uh, oh. yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I started as an intern. And uh, I think that was in the summer of 2012. And uh, yeah, they were looking for like juniors and like seniors, like people old, older interns. And I applied anyway. Um, somehow got it because I'm just super smart and Amazing. charismatic. <laughs> um, so at the time we were, uh, we had just like, it's been a year or two since they had gotten acquired by Honeywell. So the history at the time was they were part of Norcross safety and they got acquired by Honeywell. I came in as a, uh, social media marketing intern. They had no idea what they were doing with Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram wasn't even like a thing um, at the time. And yeah, so they brought me in and there I just uh, started and uh, I was doing Facebook content at the time, uh, just helping out everybody I could in the office, you know, like they're like show up before your boss and then leave after your boss type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I was doing that for the summer and it was chill. And then I don't know. Like, and so at the time, like there was, there's like nine brands. I couldn't even name you up, but the biggest one was Muck. Uh, so at the time I was working for the Muck product team and like just helping out with trends and stuff like that, packing samples, shipping samples. Um, and then we had this, we had like a bunch of other brands, Ranger service, like, and then a bunch I didn't, I don't even remember anymore. Um, and then they had extra dog and, uh, at the time, nobody like sold extra tough. Nobody did anything with extra tough. It was in this in, like industrial catalog. So when I say industrial, that's like they sell it to like food processing plants and like the distribution was like really through industrial partners. Like they would hit up a like a food processing plant with like a bazillion people and try to sell them extra tough. Um, and it was like a uh, I guess deep in the dairy as well um so okay. so yeah i mean it was uh that's just like what it was and then outside of that like we were just huge in alaska on the six our west and bunks the yeah. deadliest catch commercial uh commercial fishermen right and uh i don't know so i think uh there was a lot of leadership change turnover change whatever happened we were just like shorthanded um and uh my boss at the time Corey Krauss, he's uh he's at vans now um which is like hey you want to like do some stuff and he let me like write briefs and and stuff like that so 
Um, I was able to like, let's see, um, like influence the product making decision. I guess at the time and he was just giving me nuggets at a time though he wasn't really like um like giving me like the reins so which was really cool so like I had like a short leash and like if I ever got in trouble he would like whatever <laughs> really you back in <laughs> yeah so we did that for a little bit and uh actually nobody knows this but I launched the line of product uh it was uh dedicated for sailing um we like we're like oh we can take this like awesome slip resistant uh boot right and we we're like oh we can really gear it towards sailing and really have great success there and i was like all right cool like that's a great idea so we launched this product so some of the product is actually still out there and some people are like a lot i see it sometimes on social media they still have it and it's like the it's xt by extra tough so the logo has a giant xt on it and then underneath was extra tough and uh we tried to get into the sailing world and uh yeah and well, here we are seven years later. You guys know how that went. Um, so then my boss at the time, Corey, he left. And when he uh, apparently he gave me like a great review in his like exit interview. And then my new boss came and she came, uh, Heather Kananowitz, bless her. Uh, she came in from New Balance and uh, she kind of like understood what I was trying to do. And then, uh, yeah, I was just like, hey, we were in California. We went to Fred Hall. Um, and I had, a, and literally, I just, it was just a backpack and a dream, I say it. Um, so it was me and her. We, we got into a little, like, we rented a car. And as a joke, I got a buggy. And, uh, <laughs> so, and we're just walking Fred Hall, which is like the largest consumer trade show for fishing ever. It's crazy. Yes. Like thousands and pairs of boots in like five days. Um, so we're just walking the show, talking to people, um, other brands like Costa and where stuff were there. Right. And just trying to get a lay of the land. Like, why is everybody in California wearing extra tops? It's hot. Right. Um, and like, uh, at the time, I think like the mad Hueys were like really popping. People were doing shoeies out of the boots, like on social media. And obviously I live on my phone. So I'm like, yeah. oh, this is really cool. I want to be like a cool West Coast brand, like whatever. And then like word got out that like extra tough people were walking the floor and they had a backpack full of koozies. So people were like chasing us down, like asking for koozies. And we're just like, ah, um, met with a bunch of the charter captains and uh, the deckhands. Like we took them out to like lunch, I think. And uh, just started talking about product. Like, hey, you guys like wear these, like what's good about them, what's not. Um, obviously we had, uh, uh, um, just in our mind, like, Hey, we had this idea that, that there was like a lot of regular fishing going on that we could like tap into, but like, how do we create something that's for the, like less deadliest catch and more California bluefin tuna. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and my, the biggest thing was like, I noticed they were all rolling the boots down. I was like, yo, why are you guys all roll the boots down? And they're like, I don't know, water never gets that high. So that, like, I don't know, just, like, connected in my brain. Like, mm -hmm. so you guys don't actually need the hike. You like it because there's a lot of grip. And, like, um, in California, specifically San Diego, right, all the headboats, it's, like, hundreds of people on this boat, and you're jockeying for, like, two feet of space. Um, so the deckhands are like, yeah, like, if we wore, like, flip-flops or, or sneakers or something, like, we would get caught by a hook, a gaff. 
Like, we don't trust any of these people that are paying 50 bucks to come on. Like, no. um, <laughs> I'm Hell like, no. oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I was like, oh, so you're really just wearing it for protection, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, and then the second complaint was like, rubber doesn't breathe. It's hot. It's like 110 degrees on the deck if you take a temp gun out there and uh, 120 men. So uh came back from that trip like super excited i'm like 19 years old uh i'm like yo we just like made a shorter boot and like somehow if we could get it to be like cool on the inside it would be awesome and uh, i don't want to say that we like created like the rubber six inch boot uh, because there was other rubber six inch boots out there but none were like geared towards fishing mm-hmm. um so but at the time, like, you know, Under Armour was everything, right? The cooling Under Armours, uh, the warming Under Armours. So I was like, hey, like, if we took the cooling, like, material, could we put that inside of the boot to help ease some of that sweating? Um, and so we came up with Express Cool, which is a moisture-wicking, like, antimicrobial, so it doesn't stink up. And we put it on the inside, and then the rest is history. It was actually, like, really tough because uh, – when we got first samples and like I was meeting with like bait and tackle shops, like Doug at Fisherman's Landing, right? That now they have rows and rows of extra tops, the regular 12 inch and then the ankles. But back in the day, it's like, dude, no one's going to wear these. They look like elf boots. Um, what's <laughs> up with the two like tabs? And uh, like, and that's basically what I heard from everybody. So I did, um, um, so I wasn't, I, it wasn't just like pe- people I was meeting that were saying that. It was like the sales reps. Uh, even some of the leadership team, they're like, dude, like, yeah, we don't know if this is going to work. Um, uh, so, and, uh, I was like struggling to get reps to like pull extra tough out of the bag because, uh, muck was like their moneymaker. Uh, they're making a ton of money selling muck boots and, uh, rightly so it's uh, it was a great brand and, um, awesome for hunting, farming, all that stuff. Um, so I'm just like this 20 year old kid, like, Hey guys, like fishing, it's huge. Like, I, I think we could make a lot of money. So I was constantly like, I'm just like at this point, nagging people, uh, leadership sales, everybody just trying to sell extra tough. And, uh, so I took it upon myself. I didn't, uh, I didn't like, so the reps were like, yeah, we don't have time to sell this. Like, so, so basically at the time we had a rep that covered all of California. California is huge. Like it's tough for him to sell multiple brands in that territory, yeah. so obviously he's gonna he's gonna only sell what makes him money, um, rightly so. So I flew out to San Francisco and uh, I did a road trip, hit every extra tough marina potential from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego. I did that trip two times in uh, 2015. I did that the same thing in Florida. I uh, flew into Jacksonville met every marina all the way down to key west and flew out twice um but like the first time we got a sale was uh fish heads of stewart um fish heads so yeah so at the time he was like because we made the shrimp boot too so at the time he only had the shrimp boot and then like some of the commercial guys liked the legacy product so that's all he had and and the biggest complaint we were hearing, or not like pushback, uh, well, he was the one that said the the elf boot comment. But then he was also like, we don't have room in the bait and tackle shop to carry seven different colors yeah. and then sizes and stuff like that. And uh, and um, we got a lot of people saying, hey, like fishermen wear flip flops and they're barefoot, right? 
So that first season, like we tried very, very hard. And then I just started seeding people. Um, if a Marina didn't want to take it, I found like the most, uh, I found like the coolest captain on Instagram that would talk at the Marina. So at the time it was, uh, uh, Scott Fawcett off the chain. He's like the personal charter yeah. captain for Michael Jordan. And, um, so I met him and he was sample size. So it's awesome. So, uh, sample size in football industry is uh, men's nine and a uh, woman's seven. So <laughs> I, um, I, I loaded uh, him up with a bunch of product and I was like, Hey, wear them. If you don't want them, give them to somebody else. So it was like reverse osmosis. Like all the captains and the marinas would start wearing them. And then finally the Brad at uh, Fishheads was like, all right, fine. Well, freaking, we'll take them. So that first year they launched in 2016, we sold, uh, there was three colors. So the gray, the Navy red, and then the Brown, I think we sold like 3,800 pairs of three colors. And we were, I was jumping for joy because, because uh, at the time we were really only selling to like industrial farms and, and, you know, deadliest catch type stuff in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so I was like, yes, we're finally doing this. And then year two came around and we launched Cryptech and um, that really resonated with people in the Southeast. So like basically anywhere from New York down to Key West and, uh, yeah, they were just eating it up at the time. So then then it started. We were chasing delivery. Like, we couldn't, like, ship enough. We still can't ship can't. enough. I was going to say, uh, I know that so, you can't even now. <laughs> yeah, so, like, people are hitting me up today. Like, people that I know that are, like, really, really good friends in the industry. They're like, hey, can you get me a pair? I'm like, dude, I can't even get a pair for myself. <laughs> um, so from, like, 2016 up till now, we've been just – it's been a rocket ship to the moon, as the kids would say. Um, uh, so that first season was close to, yeah, I was saying a couple thousand pairs. Now we're close. To, we're in the millions. Um, wow. What? Uh, That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So just on the ankle boots. Like, and now obviously everything else we've ramped up as well. So like, um, a lot of people, veterans in the industry, we've, uh, so I think in 2017 or 18, we got a bunch of people in a bunch of industry experts, like Honeywell was finally like, all right, like, this is actually like doing well. We should probably get people that are like, you know, in the industry. So we got a bunch of people that were new, the footwear industry, knew the Marine space. Our current, uh, president is, uh, Craig Reingold. He, um, it was at Ariat for a bunch of, uh, uh, amount of time and he blew that up. Um, he was at Sperry, uh, when they, it became like the unofficial, like Brad and Chad outfit. Um, <laughs> so, and then he was at Tom's, right? So he blew Tom's up too. So Honeywell saw him, uh, an opportunity to bring him in to kind of like steer the ship and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, the rest is history. Um, and then we, I think the, the biggest thing for us was we were like kind of like the first people in the fishing industry to do like collabs. Um, so first we did a Filson collab. And if you're not familiar, Filson's like a Pacific Northwest, like wax canvas work boot people. Uh, so we did a collab with them. And then we actually ended up, we did a collab with uh, Pelagic and, uh, and, I'm a sneakerhead, so like behind me, you'll see like I got a bunch of Jordans and Yeezys, and I have these like auto lacing shoes. So like I collect shoes, 
And uh, I was like, yeah, everybody in the other industries do collabs. Why don't we do it in the fishing space? And uh, it was really awesome because we got exposure because like pelagic, right? It's more right. like warm weather, uh, warm weather fishermen, uh, and they're catching mahi and tuna. And it's not like salmon and crab that are current or just what we're seeing. So we kind of did this like cross pollination. We had a giant launch party at Fred Hall. And then I remember I was sitting there and I was looking at my boss at the time. I was like, hey, like you guys are listening to like this random 20 year old kid. Like, and we blew it up. We sold out of limited edition pelagic boots. Um, and it was tough because at the time I was like, hey, we're going to do two boots, 2,000 pairs each, and they're going to sell out. And I think the first question I got asked for some random person in the room was, what happens if they sell out? <laughs> and I was like, that's the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want them to sell out. Like yeah. I want them to be limited. And uh, at the time, I'm not sure you guys remember, but it was like, we did like the Mahi print on the inside mm-hmm. of, yeah. because yeah. everybody was rolling them down. And then secondly, um, everybody was rolling them down. So it's covering the logo. So like in all these pictures of these guys catching like cows, like in California, right? They call them like giant, like tuna. Um, the boots were rolled down, so we got no brand exposure. The only thing that you could really recognize was like the brown and tan line, and only people that knew what it was no. knew what it was. Like, yeah. Um, so then that was like the catalyst, right? So then I'm getting like uh, Saltwater Sportsman, like uh, Marlin Mag, and then it was really awesome. I uh, we got this like sport, uh, Saltwater Sportsman like magazine. It was like top uh, charter captains in the country or whatever, <laughs> and I'm flipping through it. And uh, the first one I see is, like, Jack Sprangle out of Narragansett, Rhode Island. And, and he's, like, uh, he, like, was, like, he was, like, oh, he's, like, one of the best fishermen or whatever, uh, best captains. Because um, he's, like, big uh, stand-up bluefin, which is ridiculous. Like, I would never want to do that. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, so then same approach. I was, like, oh, top charter captains in the U.S.? Like, there was a list of, like, 50 of them. I hit them all up, sent them extra toss. And then it became like a thing. People started calling us, um, which was which was like, like a breath of fresh air, right? Because right. for years I was like a traveling vacuum salesman. I'm like, please take these. Um, I just it's, it's crazy. I just sorry. Keep going. I have like so many questions, but yes. It's I mean, that's just basically what it was. Like, it's just uh, what got you sorry, like. You, I, I saw you were like best kayak angler. And I was like, oh, we gotta get throw some shoes. Like, um, at the time, and I think uh, what really like did it for me though was uh, I watched this HBO documentary on Jimmy Iovine. Right, he's like the proprietor of Universal Music or whatever. He's the one that like found NWA and like did all that stuff. And they were talking about how he got Beats to like blow up, right? And he was like, oh, well, we're gonna make Beats like headphones. And we're just going to give them to all the famous people, all rappers, all the athletes. And so it kind of like came synonymous with the culture. And I kind of like tried to embolden that in the fishing space, right? So every uh, every fishing tournament, like we didn't have the money at the time because we were a very small brand. So I was like, hey, can I be like the silver sponsor of your fishing tournament if I give you like 20 pairs of boots? Um, and in my brain, I was like, this is way better than spending money because at the end of the day, those boots are going to eventually end up on someone's feet. And then... Like the whole thing happened. 100%. Um, so we, so like we were trying to like equate fishing with extra tough, right? Like it, it kind of gave you that like uh, legitimacy and um, 
and then like I learned a lot at the same time too. So um, yeah, I mean, and then I met Tim from Avid, uh, fishing in Ocean City, and then and then I think the biggest thing for me was like what the fishing industry in the U.S. is a couple billion dollars. It's really run like like three four billion dollars. It's run by like twenty or so people. Right. Like yes, yes. It's like it's you, wild. you you. You know that, like, if you're in the industry, you know the guys yeah. at Yeti, you know the guys at Costa, you know Avid, yes. uh, all the apparel guys, the Afco guys. Like, shout out to the Afco guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very tight knit community. And uh, I went to ICAST, and like everyone was like, "Oh, we love extra toughs, but we only wear them when it's like really, really bad out or whatever." And uh, they kind of just like welcomed me with uh, open arms. Uh, and uh, they gave me like insights into who's a good account or who I should stay away from, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we blew up, Honeywell invested. And so recently we just got acquired by Rocky Brands. And uh, so we recently, we're going through that transition right now, but we're still just rapidly growing. Like we, if, if we had the inventory, like it would be a whole different story, but uh but uh, yeah, we're still like 2021, uh, we're still chasing demand. And we don't know, uh, we keep on using this proverbial phrase, like we don't know how big is big because we can never uh, kind of actually de- meet demand. Um, and like for people at home, they're probably like, oh, why don't you just like order more than you did last year? But like, yeah. no, like no like financial mind is like, oh, I'm going to forecast the brand to be up 300%. Because yeah. that's just not no. logical. They're no. like, oh, 20, 30%. That's good. Um, but we're like, it was like the, the upward curve that, uh, now we're, we're, we're getting to this, uh, proverbial tipping point, um, where I hope we're going to blow up soon. I mean, we've won, um, uh, we've been on Good Morning America. Like we've won, um, best rain boot like four years in a row, but with the wire cutter people, which do their like gear testing for them. And it's so funny. They're in the middle of Times Square, like soaping down <laughs> tile and they're like, Oh, like these boots don't work, but then they put on this like commercial fishing boot with like the octopus on the inside. And like, these are the best rain boots. Um, and so we're still, we're still riding that. Um, I met the Santa sisters yeah. at a trade show selling hoodies. And at the time we had no women's product. Um, so women were buying men's product just sized down mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, which is for the, the new people that came into the organization. They're like, no women's needs are way different um they're not way different but like the shape of the foot is different like you have a narrower heel compared to a men's heel so like if a woman was wearing a men's product she'll probably have a lot of heel slip which is dangerous um when you're out there on a boat that's pitching like five ten feet waves um (laughs) so yeah i just like kind of met like the right people and uh they kind of like steered me in the right direction so i want as much as i want to say it was like a lot of it was a brainchild of my own it was like kind of twofold uh, the leadership team, like trusting me, like a bunch, like, cause like now I'm 29 now, so I'm, I'm coming on close to 10 years with the, the brand. And, uh, but when I was younger, I was like, yeah, well, I mean, now if a 22 year old came to me and said, Hey, I have this like great idea to bring this brand into like a new space with new distribution. Um, I would be hesitant too. So I was, uh, super blessed that they like believed in me and, uh, um, and then the secondly, like the industry just like uh, welcomed us with open arms. And what we did was we just had like, uh, you know, uh, complimentary brands just like 
really be really really uh, friendly and nice and help us uh, launch as well. Um, so like, yeah, shout out to the those folks. Um, yeah, basically everyone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so now like I, I, we're getting new people into the team. I'm like, hey, this is like a four billion dollar industry, but like it's it's all run by twenty people. Um, so if you need to know anything, you know, like, so I know so-and-so is coming out with a rubber boot long before it hits the public's eye. Um, and now what we're seeing is that we saw gray space in the, in the, the fishing footwear section, right? Cause at the time wearing water shoes from like Columbia flip, uh, flip flops or you oh, go yeah. there for it. Been there, and done that pe- one. <laughs> so people, now people are showing up to iCast. I'm like, yo, here's a picture of, like, they don't have toes. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was closing, I was closing the hatch on my boat and, like, wearing flip-flops and it took my toe off. But now <laughs> I wear boots. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to see a picture of your toes. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for the story. Um, oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, I know. And so now what we're seeing is, like, it has huge crossover potential just to everyday wear. Um, we're seeing a lot of it being sold in like heavily dense areas, like here in Boston, just as a great commuting, uh, product. Um, we've seen a lot of adjacencies as well. The brewing community has also, uh, embraced us very heavily as well. Um, apparently like what, when you're brewing beer and stuff, it's super corrosive and stuff. So they need something that's non-slip, um, as well. So, I mean, the future is yet to be unwritten, um, and you guys already know, like every other major fishing brand has is uh, making a similar looking boot. Some look uh, a lot closer than to others. our, <laughs> uh, but we're the original. And uh, I think, uh, and what sets us apart, I guess, is like these other brands are like chasing what we did like a couple years ago, and we're just continuing to innovate. I don't have any product here with me today because I'm working from home in my. Uh, awesome shoebox apartment here in boston but we uh we just launched like the ankle deck boot sport at icast and basically me i already told you guys this i'm a huge sneakerhead, and i'm i'm wearing nikes and i'm wearing ultra boost most of the time and uh the comfort when you transition from a rubber boot to like a sneaker is different so we came out with a sport so we basically took like this ultra uh, marathon cushiony uh, compound made it slipper resistant, which I'm making it super simple, but it was very hard to get it to be cushiony, slipper resistant, and last um, as long as it does. Um, so we won best in show at ICAST, um, which I didn't even go to because for the past like three or four years, I've submitted my product in for best footwear and like random stuff with wit. And I was like, there's nothing unique about that. There's no like tech. So that's where to this year we submitted the sport. I didn't even show up to the, the, the awards reception yeah. thing because I was like, Oh, some crappy thing is probably going to win. And then, um, but then like Joe Gugino, who's uh, the community manager over at Costa now, he's a good friend of mine. He lives in Boston as well. He was like, dude, you guys didn't even show up to accept your own award. I was like, honestly, we didn't think we would win. Cause like, crap always went like um so now it's like full circle um and then we started like to get like foot traffic at trade shows we started serving food because that was like a great connection to like so we are slicing up tuna serving oysters Mm -hmm. in the booth you know beers just having a good time um yeah so now like 
it's like the, the roles reverse. Like if you were at iCash recently, um, we had to like turn people away that didn't have appointments. We just didn't have enough time um, to see all the accounts. So we had like ended up with a notebook full of people that wanted the product, but didn't couldn't get an appointment. Um, so now it's like, it's crazy to see where we were to where we are now. Like I think 9 a.m., like the first day I cast, there was already four video crews in the booth like, hey, we need to do a video with you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a great journey thus far. And uh, this is and what's shocking to people, I think, is that this is just the beginning. Like where I think this is going to be like much huger than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're rolling out apparel, like people are like, just like starving for anything that has extra tough on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a fun ride. Dude. Dude, I, my face hurts. I've been smiling. We've been, we, I can't even believe we've been recording. I was like, I don't even know how long we've been recording for, but I feel like it's close to 30 minutes and I have literally sat here like this. <laughs> all 30 yeah. minutes just my face my like what the hell i'm just ecstatic I have the so biggest emotions. grin ever for our <laughs> listeners like the biggest <laughs> grin <laughs> like creepily grinning at Bo the whole time just like like she <gasps> might kill him she <laughs> might <laughs> i love i have literally this is everything i've ever wanted to hear this story i've craved this you, you heard it here first on the line station <laughs> podcast the extra tough origin story um <laughs> like and subscribe smash that like button smash. Um, do you listen to that girl <laughs> do you listen to that girl on youtube sophia something she says that she goes smash that like button <laughs> i feel like every i, oh, I live on they? the internet like i've said before so like okay. i just feel like make sure you turn on your post notifications what's up youtubers <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, no it's thank been a, you it's been a great ride. thank you for your vision your perseverance your literal boots on the ground and i don't even mean that with pun intended like you what you're like i believe in this i'm and i know i've been a sales rep before and I've looked at new product while having to carry a product and having to go pitch another product. And I understand the intensity that it is walking into a sh- another tackle shop and having this. But thank you for freaking doing that because I don't know where fishing would be without extra tough right now. Like, I really, I really don't yeah, know where crazy. we would like, be. Remember, I was telling you, like, people were saying we don't have room, right? Yeah. And now all these bait and tackle shops are building out footwear walls. Right? Like they're like, oh, we had to, uh, we had to add on addition to the the shop just because now we're selling. And and obviously there's a lot of brands in it as well. So like, you know, I I went to a business school and the, the, they're like one of their strategies, right? Is you can either get like more slices of the pie, or you can grow the pie. So I think by like doing that, like now. Like almost every retailer, like those like fish heads of Steelwear, uh, I think it was a Grand Slam tackle by you, um, or whites, whites as well. Yep. Yeah, they're like blowing up their footwear sections because, and it's not. And yes, we are benefiting from that extra tough, but like other brands are benefiting from it as well because, I think it, um, I equate it to like back in the day, like your dad fished in jeans and bare shirt, right? Yeah. And like nobody was like really focusing on. 
uh, anglers and what like they actually specifically have to do. Like, so when we came up with the ankle deck boot, right, we're like, oh, anglers are athletes and they need footwear to perform at their best. And uh, so now it's like you're, you're shifting. You rarely see anybody in jeans like shirtless now. You're seeing they're all wearing SPFs. They're all wearing the the four way stretch, uh, dry, quick drying shorts and uh, moisture wicking socks and and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you're going to spend eight hours in 120 degree weather. You need stuff that like that works. works. And, uh, we, we hit it at the right time and then, uh, COVID happened. Right. And then fishing was like one of the easiest things mm-hmm. to like get into outdoors. Right. You can just buy a rod or you, you just get a charter, get on a charter boat, uh, really, really easily. Um, and so luckily we're kind of riding that wave right now. And, uh, so the biggest thing is like I love talking to fishermen, just people, just and um, they can't like really are like because uh, Henry Ford, right? If you ask somebody what they wanted, um, they'll just ask for a faster horse. So I, I guess I get paid to like kind of dissect what uh, what is needed after like ex- one experiencing it. So uh, my boss and my team, like I've been fishing with you guys, but um, are huge on like just go out and experience it because. Like I was saying before, I never really fished. I grew up in Maine, and I did a lot of like freshwater, uh, small, largemouth, smallmouth bass, but never like offshore fishing. And uh, just spending time with the guys, like you kind of like pick up on tidbits that they need, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it's been a wonderful ride. The community, it's I call it it's an industry, but I call it a community because everyone's like super nice, regardless if you're selling competing products or not. Um, it kind of just accepted us and, and me um, and just given us a lot of insight. You're um, such an easy person. Like you're such an easy person to absolutely fall in love with. Like absolutely uh, fall in love with. Like there's no just, oh, Bo, yeah, he's a cool guy. No, like you're every, <laughs> like you are the person that everybody is like. Yeah, they can be blush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're so easy to love and you've truly like built like i kind of feel silly saying this on some level but you have like kind of you've literally truly built a vibe a vibe for fishing you've done that like you did that that is something that like extra tough is a vibe the extra tough booth is a vibe like it's wild to me how it is you guys just i don't even know sometimes and it blows my mind where i'm like Bo didn't like grow up. Well, I, I'm just learning now that you even did freshwater fishing. I don't even think I understood that, but I was under the impression yeah. that you were into shoes and you went to school and like you, you know, you fell into extra tough and you went, you ended up going fishing with people because you needed to, and this is how you learn and things of that nature. But I always just blew my mind how you like fit so perfectly into fishing and I don't know. You're just such a breath of fresh air. Like there's nothing that's like, you're so serious, but you're so fun. You're so knowledgeable. You work hard. Like you just are this like crazy package. And I want, I have on my notes and I really wanted, I feel like you told me one day, like a fishing story. Um, I really wanted to hear one of your first memories maybe specifically in extra tough because it is something that was new going offshore fishing of that in of those things. But I'm just, I'm so thankful for you. Like, I'm just really thankful. I'm thankful that like you are someone I could call like 
a friend. I know we don't talk all the time. I don't send you a happy birthday text message, but I'm just so thankful for I, you. I write down the names of people that don't wish me happy birthdays. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, last year you forgot. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I barely, <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst. I'm the worst with happy birthday messages because I don't look, I don't go on Facebook and then Instagram doesn't notify me. So I have no idea what anybody's yeah, I mean, I don't go on Facebook either. Um, um, but I'm just, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful this hard work. I'm thankful that you had a backpack and a dream and you didn't give up on it. Yeah. And just, I'm in the whole community behind you that I agree with you. It is a community. Fishing is a community. Um, and it is very small. And I'm very thankful that so many people believed in you because those tiny decisions, these tiny little decisions that were made brought us this incredible brand and this product that makes our lives so much more enjoyable on the water. It's just, it's absolutely wild. Just freaking Yeah, wild. so we talk about, internally we talk a lot, like there's no such thing as bad gear. Just, I mean, bad weather, it's just bad gear. Yeah. Um, and then like, when I, like, it, like to a regular person, they look at the, the ankle boot, right? And they're just like, oh, it's a rubber boot. But like there was a lot that went into it. There's the pull tabs on the front and the back, so you can get it on super easily. And then um, a lot of people talk about um, a lot of people don't even figure it out till you after. So they'll pick up the boot and there's like a little nub on the back. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, why'd you put a nub on the back? It's like, no, so you can kick it off. Yeah. Like everything about that boot is like was like intensely thought through. It's, um, it's designed with purpose. Like, yeah. and uh, so like it really like grinds my gears when other brands just like oh, we'll just copy you. But I think what sets us apart is like right now we're like, we're, we're making this shift and, uh, in our sourcing and like trying to get super sustainable. Um, we just launched, uh, like these econo shoes, which is recycled fishing nets. Um, so AFCO is using an apparel as well, but, uh, so basically, uh, gill nets and fishing line, a lot of it's discarded into the ocean, which, uh, without the ocean, we wouldn't be able to financially make money, right? And without fish, people won't have jobs and food and stuff like that. So I think what I think uh, what people are missing the mark on is that it's not just the product that sells; it's it's the brand and the emotional connection that it makes you feel. Like um, to the high schooler kid in like Carolina, he's buying a pair of extra toss, some funky like tarpon scale socks. And he's wearing his Sitka hoodie into school. And he's like, oh, I want everyone to know that I'm an outdoorsman, right? Um, but I think the, the biggest thing for the brand is that we're, we're working on, like, trying to preserve um, preserve the ocean and the outdoors so that we can continue to do it for years to come. Um, and, and it's an emotional economy. So if we can make the best product while also, like, doing what we have to to ensure the fisheries are are you know closely regulated and not like overfished then we've done our job so I, I like you can come out with like the coolest rubber product out there but like if you're just doing it to make the money that's only short term that's not it's not going to lead to the the guy coming back and 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 repurchasing or continuing to buy from us or buying other products from us quite frankly mm -hmm. right um yeah. so You've nailed it. It is a very emotional sport. And it, I am 
so attached to things emotionally and fishing. Like, I think that's why you get these people who are longtime Shimano users, longtime Daiwa users. They have this, well, my dad gave this to me when I was a child, and they just can't turn away from this product, you know? And that's why I feel like you built, you built this vibe, in, and it's, it's fucking badass. Like, I literally no, don't, no, it's just no. badass. <laughs> An emo- it is emotional. We, I, I would have to speak. I'm going to just speak for everyone right now and that mm-hmm. we love Extra Tough, but we love Bo. So we're all emotionally kind of really connected to Bo <laughs> is really what that boils down to. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and like what? We've been speaking for what, 40 minutes now? And I'm just like, it, it, and it sounds like it was super easy, but it's uh, it's tough. It's like yeah. not a lot of people know like what goes into the back end. Like we have to clear customs and make sure that you can get a spot on the cargo boat or um, especially with, with COVID now, it's like, it's a lot harder to get stuff. Um, so that on the back end, like just to get you a pair of purple ankle neck boots, it's uh, it's involves a heavy lifting by a bunch of people. And yeah, and, and you're giving me a lot of praise, but I want to, want to give a shout out we there was a team a village that actually uh, yeah. got this all done so it wasn't just me yeah. but um but yeah i just happened to get, get to reap the rewards yeah. <laughs> yes but, and it's that's why i wanted so badly to talk to you in about this story because we do it's so easy for us to just look at it and be, like buy a pair of extra toughs or see like i know it's a struggle to get the product because i hear it from people you know they you know, just getting it. And I, I, that's why I want, really wanted to talk to you about it. A, because I think it's a really beautiful story. B, it does take an army and a village and just a tribe of so many folks to accomplish this. There's so many little details behind the scenes, like you said, like clearing customs and, you know, you flying out of the country to work on things and probably train people and communicate your vision and get it approved and trial and error and just so many factors. And that's, I really, really wanted, I really wanted to share that because it's not just a pair of boots that we slide on in the morning. You know, there's so much more to these boots and I just think it's really awesome. Like I, I really do. I'm so thankful for you guys who work so hard to make some silly fishermen's lives (laughs) so much easier because it's a big deal to us to have gear that works. It's a really big deal. You know, our comfort, we work really hard. It's cold. It's wet. It's sometimes miserable. And to have gear that you can look. Yeah. (laughs) Miserable. And yeah, to have gear that you can rely on is like having a best friend that you can rely on. And we're super connected to that. And it's, it makes, it makes these days really easy knowing that you have this stuff that has your back. So we, I'm, I'm thankful to all of you guys, every little person in the last 10 years that has had touched this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is like my leadership team. So my my boss is our product director, Heather. She's like she's always like, what is the product solving for? Or like what's problem is the consumer having that you're solving for with this product? Like she hates it when you're just like, so we were just at Surfest, bro, right? Everybody has like a crock like thing and she always keeps me honest or (laughs) she calls she calls me on my bullshit she's like do you want to make a croc just because everyone's making a croc or like what are you actually trying to like what like why wouldn't they just buy crocs like why would they Mm -hmm. buy yours so like if you think about it like hook uh 
Sperry. Everybody has a, a, a croc now. And it's just like you're chasing the trend. But uh, our product director, she gives us, uh, she keeps us honest and like, hey, if we're going to do something. It has to like solve a need, uh, solve a problem for the consumer so that it justifies being put on the wall. Um, we haven't really ventured into the lifestyle stuff yet. But like we try, I mean, we have aspirations too, obviously. But um, the biggest thing right now is we're still just trying to create products that solve uh, problems for the consumers. Um, so yeah, I mean, can we continue march down that path as the, the formula has been working thus far? I think uh, women in fishing uh, has lifted, I mean, just crushed it for us. Uh, we're the only, we're the, the only provider of women-specific footwear, right, in the fishing space that's specific to women with uh, a, like the vibe, wide variety of stuff that we have. Like if you are kayak fishing, you can wear the Riptide or the Spin Drift or um, if you're just like, you know, if you're out in the, the Bering Sea, you can wear our 15-inch um, insulated uh, boot. So I'll help you out there. Or if you're just tagging along and catching some striped bass out here, in Boston, like we, we got you covered, like a boot for every fish, I would say. Um, you do. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and what's super scary for me is like I'm embarking on close to 10 years here, and this is just the beginning. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, it's wild. When you said that earlier, I felt that in my soul because I'm like, I cannot believe I was doing a ton of research because I, I never knew necessarily the I knew a lot about extra tough like Honeywell and when it got sold and bought and things of that nature and I knew it was a long time ago but I don't think I grasped a lot of like when you entered the picture and when it became a fishing thing and when you sat here and said 10 years or not it's nine years you're coming on 10 years I was like holy moly they've like just scratched the surface like you have literally like <laughs> yeah it's like, funny because oh like in 2000 in 2015 so like i kept on telling you like muck our sister brand is like much bigger than extra tough um in 2015 like i like just jokingly was like yeah we're gonna be bigger than you guys one day so like watch out and everyone was like laughing like <laughs> oh this is so cute the intern like he thinks he can uh grow this brand and uh i mean we're getting there we're not there yet but uh yeah we're getting there um so i mean i love the brand um, the people, like Alaska, man, it's it's crazy. Um, so like, there's like what 600,000 people in Alaska. So if you look at um, extra tough shipments to Alaska, the math works out to be like one out of every five or six people in Alaska have a pair, which is nuts, right? Nuts. Like if you think about it. For, so that was super awesome. I mean, they call it the Sitka slipper. Yep. And then the the coolest thing I found was like. The Alaskan fishery is very migratory, right? So I ran into fishermen in Key West that they're like, oh, like in the summer months, I'll, I'll fish in Alaska. And then for the rest of the months, I'll run a charter in Key West. Um, and they keep bring their boots with them. And that's like this whole thing now. Um, and like, I just, it's just become like a cultural icon. Like if you watch like Into the Wild, right? That's a, it's a movie, whatever. So the guy wants to live off the grid. He shows up in Alaska, Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. And before he gets to the, he's at the trailhead and he's like going to go in or whatever. Some guy like reaches into his truck and he's like, they're like size 14s and he wears like a nine or whatever. And he's like, oh, you're going to need these where you're going. And he hands him a pair of extra tufts. Um, so that was like way before we even did anything. 
Um, if you watch like the proposal with, uh, with I think it's Ashton Kutcher and Sandra Bullock, she's wearing a pair of extra tops. Uh, I never um, noticed that. Yeah, I love that so, movie. I, yeah, I've watched both <laughs> movies, that? and I never knew because they were. It was a while ago that that yeah, those it was before came out. like extra top like lift yeah. up, lifted off, and like so we were already synonymous with like this coastal bad weather stuff, um, and then you know reality TV kicked in. Alaskan bush people, deadliest catch, uh, the Yukon doctor or whatever. Uh, everyone just started wearing extra top. The meat eater, like shout out Stephen Ranella, um, like. It just like was this thing, and then uh, and we're still continuing the wide that wave. Like I keep on telling you, this is just the, the beginning. Like um, it's just I don't know. For me, it's like for a young kid from Maine. Like this is uh, to be able to one. I didn't know this job existed, and then two, just to see to have this type of success. It's uh, it's been very humbling. Uh, but I will want people to know that I've launched a bunch of stuff that hasn't sold or hasn't been good. So like I, I have, I'm not I'm not a some creative genius with a crystal ball. Um, you are, but uh, uh, yeah, some things for, just don't work. Yeah, you don't you don't get to see you don't get to see all the failure. You only get to see the stuff that sells well and uh, people want uh, yeah. more of. But um, yeah, but yeah, people, it's been a fun ride. People always see the success and they don't always hear about the, the struggles and something that we're really trying to bring to light a lot with this podcast and this platform. And it may not always be sunshine and rainbows on this place because it's just <laughs> life. <laughs> but yeah. I, you know, I wanted to say congratulations on um, the winning. What, what was it you won? Was it product? It's best in, best show. in show. And then the category was footwear. And, like, honestly, I was, like, super emotional that day because I was, like, finally we're, like, getting recognized by the industry because we were kind of, like, just this up-and-coming brand and everyone was, like, oh, extra tough, right? And now it's, like, people are coming to us. Everybody wants to do a collab. Um, everybody uh, wants a pair. Hey, how many how many sunglasses do I need to trade you for a pair? Like, how many <laughs> coolers? Like, how much SPF shirts? Like, and, Dude. like, at this point, I was just, like, um it's just been great and uh yeah i mean again it's kudos to the industry they like welcomed us with open arms and just super nice about uh everything um so it's been a fun ride yeah congratulations that's a big deal i paid like no attention to icast this year but you are inspiring me to want to go look at all these things which i will most likely do because i I always used to be so fascinated with who was winning what and what was going on. But like you said, sometimes it's like all this dumb stuff. So I kind of was like getting irritated mm -hmm. where I would just almost stop looking at it. I stopped going into the new product showcase because I was like, this is kind of like a waste of time. <laughs> well, no, I think they changed the parameters too because in the past they were like, you have to write an order at the show to be able to vote. And like, they were just like a bunch of hurdles yeah. to voting, right? Um, and now they're just like, oh, if you're a buyer or you're in the media, you're allowed to vote. So that like opens it up. Right. So. Yeah. And secondly, like I just think it's a brand awareness thing. Like they knew, nobody knew who we were, who we were. We were, like begging people to take our product. And now we get to pick and choose. Um, like because I think the biggest thing for us is we don't want to water down the brand. Uh, we want to stay authentic to ourselves. And um, yeah, I mean, like easily we could like water down the brand and just like sell it to everybody. But then. You know that leads to other problems later down the road so that's like for like short term like we took ourselves off amazon um because uh 
well, what's happening was like people were buying boots and selling on Amazon for like half the price. And that doesn't help when you got a bunch of mom and pop retailers trying to make the margin or the money to support, you know, yeah. whoever. And so holding we, that inventory and yeah. Yeah. So they, they're taking all the risk, right? Yeah. And, uh, and we really, uh, I think it's really awesome. What we did was we brought in a bunch of salespeople that it was like a really different approach where in the past, like up until like 2017 ish, like if the goal was like, oh, let's just sell like retailers as much as much product as we can. Um, and like, just like I'm super young, this is my first job out of college, right? Um, and the, the, sh- the focus shifted to, yes, we can get them to buy the product, but how do we get people to sell through? Or how do we people to get into that, come into that store and buy the product from them? Because at the end of the day, like a, a pair of shoulder through like, Palmetto Moon in South Carolina is like a parasol. It's the same. I equivalent it to the same as a parasol from So we're really like trying to like help those uh, those independents, those mom and pops, um, be successful because um, because you can't really like turn your back on them because they are the ones that built this brand. Um, so yeah, that's what we're really focusing on. We just really want to protect our our accounts and and uh, work it that way. Um, we do have big box accounts, but I think they like shout out to them. They're, they're, um, I think, uh, West Marine and Dick's Sporting Goods were like one of the, the first people that like really took a chance on the brand and they've been with us since day one. So, um, took a chance on the 20 year old kid. Um, <laughs> what's super funny is that like, apparently like other people in the industry don't like give accounts, consumers, like as much FaceTime or access, um, to the people, um, like I was just at Surf Expo, and I think uh, one of our booth mates was from Sperry, and he's like, "Hey, like you're the only product guy I know that like shows up to all these like to talk to people to get insight." And I'm like, "Well, how do you build product if you you're not like talking to the people, figuring out like what's the next greatest like if you're not like doing it?" So there's like a, a lot of a lot of aspects of that, right? Like doing the actual action. So I've been gill netting when it's snowing and you have to shovel snow off the boat it was miserable and there's no heat on the boat obviously um i've been like just regular offshore fishing like out of steward catching billfish tuna fishing all that stuff and um th- those experiences like eventually come in the product um mm-hmm. that we create so i think yeah. that's uh, it's been a solid formula thus far that's a yeah that's a big deal i think that's something that shocked me as well like you kind of just brought back a memory to where i thought that's why i think i was so surprised that like you hadn't been like tournament fishing your whole life in alaska you know i like had this image of you and your he that person that said that to you is is very accurate i've met a lot of people over the years who don't fish don't go anywhere grit their and grind their teeth when they have to do something and I'm always so bummed when I see fishing and I'm like well why are you working in the fishing industry like we need you know like you're taking up valuable space like if you don't want to be yeah I think we had a conversation in our like in the first year or so that I met you and you're like yo people don't like because like women specific fishing gear like SPF and like all that stuff that's like new like they have like when in like 2016 like like uh these brands have like one skew for women one style and it was just the the men's one, but in pink, yeah. right? Like, so, yeah. Yeah. and and we're we're lucky that we were kind of ahead of the curve there, um, and we're saying, hey, a bunch of women fish, 
um, like Vogue did a whole thing on uh, women in the commercial fishing industry, right? Like that was in 2016. Um, they highlighted the Salmon Sisters and in the commercial fishing industry, right? Uh, and nobody was making product for them. And uh, it's crazy when we started, like, like I was telling you, we had zero women's product. Um, the, the line was 98% men. And then we had like some kids boots. And then now I think uh, we're close to like a third or uh, a fourth uh, of the business is women. And it's, we're continually seeing growth there. And uh, I think like women are in fishing. That's the future. Um, because I remember we went out on the photo shoot in Key West and uh, <laughs> I think you like ca- you cast a live bait out and the, ca- uh, the captain goes, oh, she cast well for a girl. Yeah. And I <laughs> laughed. I laugh because you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I can vote, too. Uh, <laughs> it's what you said to the guy. And I laugh so hard. Fishing, it's not like it's not easy to get into when you're a girl and you don't know anything. And you just came out there and showed the dudes like, hey, I can do this, too. And I can even do it better than you guys. But I think that was really what was awesome. And then at the time, you know, like uh, – Costa, Amanda Saban had an all women's fishing team in one of the tournaments down there in Costa Rica or something. Um, and they like did very well for an all women's crew. So I think the more people, yeah, I mean, I think it's just (laughs) access. It's just access and the perception of it, right? Like it's a fishing's like this old boys club. It's a bunch of dudes are like whatever, but no, if we can get more women into it, we will be, uh, uh, we'll be able to uh, see like what you what you can actually do because I I will be willing to bet you fish just I mean I know you guys fish <laughs> just as well if not better than the dudes out there who uh, you know like try to put down women when they're uh, out there on the the open sea like it doesn't like the the and that's why we have like Corey Forrest on our team right she's like a trap fisherman out of Rhode Island and she's like the sea doesn't care if you're a guy a girl a kid like. The ocean doesn't stop for anyone, right? Nope. Um, it's so relentless w- regardless. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we did a video with you, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be known as, like, a, a fisherwoman. No. I'm, I'm just – I'm Christina Weber, and I'm I'm a fisherman, yep. right? Yep. I think that, uh, that sticks <laughs> with me all the time. And you're, like – I think you're, like, seven feet tall in the office, and I walk by you every day. Uh, well, oh, am I on the wall? Oh, yeah. You're on Still the wall. Still on the wall? Woo-woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, why don't you ever why don't you ever do some selfies with me and do a little like hey girl <laughs> well uh the office is like closed like oh, i only go right. in like when i really need to but yeah COVID. pre-covid uh, COVID. i would see you all the time that's uh, just an excuse like you could just like break in or something uh you know i just like i could but i could also just do the job from my couch ah, I, I like that I do want to. <laughs> I do want to say something. Um, you mentioned me. I want to let everyone know that Bo has not heard. We Mariah and I recorded an episode last week with a girl named Avery. She's wonderful. It will be out. I don't know at some point. And I in that podcast, <laughs> I told her that I said. One of the things I made a habit of when people would get on to me about fishing was that it was like, well, I can vote too. <laughs> and I just want everyone to know that that podcast is A, not live, nor has Bo listened to it. <laughs> he is being genuine because I'm like, 
these podcasts are going to go probably, whether they go back to back or something weird, and everyone's going to be like, oh, Bo just heard her say that. No. I'm giving you credit where credit is due, and you remembered that shit. <laughs> no, we uh, we have this, like, so no, we have, like, a corporate office, like, glass doors, and, like, you walk in, there's, like, a seating area, and then there's a TV, and it just, like, has, like, all our, like, content on loop, and, oh, like, God. the scene of you, like, opening the door, yeah. like, the boat like that like I, i'll see that at least a couple times like pre-covid um i would see that all the time and my when you're like oh yeah my, all my <laughs> glory <laughs> i am here that was such a fun time I, that will forever go down in history we actually do you remember jesse that we had that day too yeah we had jesse on the podcast you should listen to his episode it's really good uh, he, uh, so j- this is crazy. So this all start, like I was saying, like the, the community is so small. Like, um, when I first started Joe Gagino, he's at Costa. He had this, like, uh, this organization called why not fishing. And it was really like trying to get people into, in the, the new England area into fishing and like with brands and stuff like that. And, uh, now he's at Costa and Jesse was one of the original people I met. And now he's a charter captain down in Sanibel, right? So yes. it's like the industry is is very small. It's so very tight knit, and uh, it's I mean just a bunch of good people, like very friendly, always open. Uh, so I don't think that the, that would apply to other industries. No. Um, so I feel like yeah. a million bucks. I feel like a million bucks. This whole thing was just so wonderful to listen to. Like, I'm usually talking so much, and, like, it was so nice to just be, like, in awe and hear your story and have someone, you know, shut me up for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the real guys that's uh, behind Vision Lines. Uh, uh, it really is. Yeah, I mean, like, I could, I could spare you with stories of, like, them not bringing like our, our our pallets back when we're waiting to like break down the booth and, oh, and yeah. all that stuff yeah or I've like been there i'm at a trade show in vegas and like i have a red eye out at midnight and it's <laughs> nine o'clock and i still we still don't have our pallets back so i can't pack up the booth yet so i'm like frantic about uh, making my flight home and stuff stressful. like that but it's super been, uh, stressful uh, it's i mean it's it's just been a great ride um <laughs> So, and like I, I'm saying, we have so much stuff on uh, like up our sleeves. Like, coming this next couple of years is going to be yeah. super fun to see as well. I, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm stoked. I like literally can't wait. I brought like three pairs of shoes with me on my Costa Rica to Mexico travels, and one of them was extra toughs. <laughs> and I just leave them out because I just want to wear them all the time it's just it's a it's a feeling I'm emotionally attached to my extra tufts <laughs> yeah it's crazy now like, I don't I'll, need I'll, them like, I'll take the subway in Boston and like it's raining out and I'm wearing mine and I'll see other people wear extra tufts and I'm like yo you spent like money on those because you know like for the first couple of years I was just like sending free shit to everyone uh-huh <laughs> So when I like saw when I see them out in the wild, I'm like, oh my god, it's like seeing your children uh, <laughs> out in the wild. <laughs> um, it's crazy, and now like some like the places that I shop a lot like have the boots too, right? Like Aww. so, like we're in REI, we're in like everywhere, Bass Pro, Cavella, Shields, like uh, Academy. Like it's uh, it's crazy to see because in the past, like we would have to beg them to even like get a meeting. Um, and now every year it's like, hey, 
come through, show me your new stuff. Um, which it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air. It's um, so, I know. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like, so Christina gave me a pair like five years ago. And I still have them. It's my only pair. I tried to buy some more this year, and well, we like you, sizes, I couldn't. Seven I couldn't. I couldn't. Eleven. I couldn't. Like. I couldn't find them. Um, but they've lasted like this long, and I used the crap out of them. Like, and they're still holding up till today. I I love my pair. I want to buy more pair, and it means so much to me because like there's a story behind it, right? Um, every time yeah. I wear them. And the biggest thing is, like, you know, we designed them to last, like, a really long time. But, like, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get a bad bear. And uh, um, we have a very lenient policy where we'll take them back or we'll place them. Um, and I think that's what kind of separates us from all the other people that have been knocking us off. They, like, kind of sell it to you and they're like, oh, here, whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll take them back. We'll give you a new pair. Like, we stand behind the quality here. Um, and this like, really, like, no questions asked, like... Um, so if you ever have like a manufacturing problem, like we always try to do really good and just replace them for you. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's um, good to know. I don't even think I realize that because I don't know anyone who's had an issue with their boots before. Right. Um, it's like never. It's not like sunglasses. If you know what, Bo, this is your next mission in life. Could you make us some damn good fishing sunglasses? Because holy hell on earth, everyone's like, oh, we make them great. And I'm not going to lie. And I don't want to, I'm not calling anybody out. I own every pair of sunglasses, every single pair of sunglasses, and I can't love any of them. And I want to love my sunglasses. It's tough, man. Like, we get, we get comments all the time. Why don't you make coolers? Why don't you make cups? Why don't you make bags? And it's like, I think for the, the average person, they're like, um, you guys can do so much. But it's like, at the end of the day, like, there are companies out there that are billions of dollars and they only sell shoes. Yeah. Like if you look at um like Allbirds, right? And not like they're doing like a billion dollars just on one shoe to like, you know, Silicon Valley like bros. Um so yeah, I mean there we uh internally we've talked about getting into other categories. Uh, I think the question is is we wanna be authentic, mm-hmm. uh and we wanna solve a problem. Like I could mm-hmm. come out with rain I wanna come out with I could come out with rain gear and give some of the best rain gear companies a run for their money just because our brand name and heritage and what we stand for. But um, I don't want to just create something just to create something. Um, so we're, sure. we're, 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 uh, we're, we're looking closely at all avenues um, and seeing what the next best step is. But obviously the, the low hanging fruit is just like logo wear, just cotton goods. Let's uh, yeah. say I should cuff on them. So, um, which is crazy. So we launched, finally like real stuff like last last winter and uh, it sold out really fast so we had to like quickly reevaluate our, our sourcing strategy because we couldn't meet demand again story story of our <laughs> lives over here at actually tough we uh uh so that we're about to launch another capsule this year but again we only we could we had to limit it to certain accounts because we couldn't get enough um so i mean sky's the limit and again it's been super fun working um, doing it because you know like uh not i feel like if i didn't take the internship and i could be selling life insurance or something Dude. <laughs> scary it's so scary to think about that holy uh, moly i mean i do get some of the nine to five here but luckily sometimes i get out and uh fish as well 
Um, And I think that's what makes you different, right? Because anyone could just advertise a product or sell a product that they don't even necessarily like, right? But one of the key things that you said was solving a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you did real life market research by going out there for yourself and seeing the end user and seeing, well, why does it need to be this and this and that to make it a great boot? And that's what's so important. I don't, I don't even know if our listeners realize the crash course marketing and advertising that they just received and I received. I'm like, man, I'm learning so much. Um, but I think that's what sets you apart, right? Your passion, how you care. And it's a product at the end of the day that wants wants to be the best. And it's just not some bullshit that you buy at the store just because, right? It actually has a use. Because yeah. there's plenty yeah. of bullshit out there, right? <sighs> yeah, I think the biggest hurdle for me was like fishing is so nuanced, right? Like um, South Carolina, they, they fish with these rods and like uh, jig bits, uh, surface irons and Nobody outside of Southern California throws surface irons, right? And then, so it was really like trying to just synthesize it all and how do we create a product that would work for all anglers? And it doesn't. Like some people don't, like the the guys up in the Great Lakes, right? They run charter boats just as like, they're running 70-foot Vikings out there on the, Grand, uh, on the Great Lakes too. But it's a whole different thing, catching salmon up in the Great Lakes versus, you know, going out and catching uh, sailfish in Stewart. Right. Uh, totally so, different. <laughs> so for me, for the first like for the first couple of years, I was just traveling. I tried to hit a, a different geographic location every couple of months just to like figure out all the nuances. And uh, and again, I keep on saying this, but my our product director was like, hey, you need to know the consumer like the back of your hand. Um, so like I found out like in Southern Cal, they drove Toyotas and uh, wore vans and drank Coors Light. Whereas, like in in Maryland, they were Chevy guys, and they drove and they drank Bud Lights, and it's just like it was crazy. So now I'm like in this space where uh, I kind of like have like these consumer profiles that I kind of want to build for, um, and then like I think one thing that other brands don't like uh, they don't think about it is like what other brands are is your consumer buying, right? So like if you're a fi- apparel brand, you like in their brain, they think, oh, yeah, like this guy's going to go in, he's going to buy a pelagic hat and a shirt or all one brand. And that's just not how it is, mm-hmm. right? You show up on a boat and the guy has AFCO shorts and a hook shirt. And then, you know, he's wearing uh, all the guy footballs, but then he's got extra tops for when Like, so it's like finding those other brands that they purchase and then aligning yourselves or trying to solve. Again, I'm back to that solving a problem for them because, um, you walk into a store and you can buy, you can, there's millions of brands you can buy products from. Um, so how do we make it worthwhile? And then how do we make them come back? Um, and that's what we've been doing or trying to. (laughs) (laughs) I also think a problem, and I feel like this is kind of crazy to even say, because I think a lot of people try to accomplish this, but you guys do a very good job at it. Um, is a problem is connection. And I know that you've uh, we've obviously gotten there, but that is something that I would say is solving a problem is that you just creating a connection 
with because you show up to all these places it just just a connection with the human that is behind the scenes like that's a big deal like there's all these products i wear and have for over the years i don't know who, and i've gone to i've been going to icast for 10 years or whatever it is and i don't know who the hell's behind half the things sometimes <laughs> what's going on and i'm like i feel like i should know these people by now but just a connection super fortunate to meet the people that i've met like yeah. uh uh, I mean, the Holmans were, were really, really nice to me. They kind of showed me the ropes, who was a good brand, who wasn't, like uh, R.I.P. Travis. Yep. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just meeting the right people. Like, I, I, I think I, I fished the Cuda Bowl uh, down there, and they were very, very nice to me. Like, it was like they were, they'd have a Super Bowl party at their house, and they just invited me in like I was a family member. And I was yeah. – uh, Great and then people. they introduced me to everybody. They're like, oh, this is yeah. the guy from Deep Apparel. <laughs> this is this is uh, so-and-so from Yeti. This is so-and-so from Traeger. Um, so, like, you kind of got life. to meet. <laughs> Traeger yeah, life. I was like, what's in your Traeger? I mean, I, 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 Uber, <laughs> I Uber Eats everything. So, like, it would be funny if I was just like, oh, yeah, what's in your Traeger? Uber <laughs> Eats because I don't know how to cook. <laughs> and then it was crazy. So then um, – I went to college with uh, Dylan Schmidt, um, and he's like half a bad fish, um, and I didn't even know it until like after, right? And I met him, and the guys over at Badfish. Man, uh, y'all went to a good school because they do a hell of a job over there too. Like the whatever yeah. that school, the people that they're breeding out of that place, they do such it's a great crazy. job as well. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so then I got licked up with like the guys from Postfly, and they they just got bought out by Mystery Tackle Box. Like it's just a really small industry. And then Maine, like there's a lot of Mainers out here in the industry as well. Mm-hmm. So Fishyware, who we have a partnership with, uh, the owner Linda is from Maine, but now she lives in Anchorage and did she started Fishyware because of that same problem we were alluding to earlier. Like nobody was making stuff for women, mm-hmm. so she did fly fishing leggings for women, and she's they've seen a lot of success as well. Um, and then, uh, cheeky fly fishing reels, like, uh, Ted, the owner is a mainer as well. Um, and then it was crazy. Now we're selling on like Huckberry and, uh, Ben Mira, he's like the head of marketing over there. He's also a mainer as well. So it was, it's like, uh, it's crazy, man. The cross pollinization that we're seeing out there, all these brands and a bunch of mainer and stuff like that. Those Huckberry ones are whoo, fire. Ooh, keep an eye out. There might be a, a restock coming soon. <laughs> okay, everyone. <laughs> yeah, get them before they're gone. I was going to say. I like jokingly will post all the time, like, please buy boots so I don't get fired. But those ones are uh, <laughs> like, like we dropped them and they were evaporated. Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. What a what a feeling of like success, but also frustration. Like, fuck, we're good at what uh, we're doing, but also like, damn, and I wish we had more shoes. <laughs> I have my bad days too, where I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? Like, it's like so hard. Like, because like I've been saying, we've been chasing the man for so long. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to a place where we'll be able to fulfill everything, and I don't think I want to get to a place where we're constantly uh, fulfilled because then at that point like what for me i get super anxiety about oh well uh, what do we do next <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah, yeah so like leading up the pro it's uh and it's crazy because we're like three years or two years ahead so i'm working on 2023 um right now 
So like everything for 22 has been cooked and it's like a crystal ball, right? Because we created the product and then like, what if in 2022 XYZ product isn't trending or the, the, the shade of purple I chose was not right. Um, and then you have to like call like TJ Maxx or something, which <laughs> hopefully uh, we don't have to do that. I but, mean, uh, uh, I wouldn't be mad if that happened because I'm going straight to TJ Maxx. And I'm a yeah, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Um, that's never going to happen. And if it's, so that's the thing that like people don't understand, like you have to hit the trend like mm-hmm. right on the thing. And, like if we have too much, then there's a problem. It's a uh, lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I could uh, not let alone materials. I couldn't do Let this. alone materials yeah. right now. It's just like that whole like supply world is so crazy. It's hard right now. Yeah, COVID is like ravaging. Like, uh, like so like we're a global company. We're manufacturing on all uh, every continent. We have a factory that manufactures us. And just like uh, getting them all to sync up and deliver and create at the same time. It's uh, It's been tough. Um, I, I mean, if you... You guys will have other people in the industry on, but I assume they're going to echo the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah, and then like we just started launching globally, so like Japan is huge for us. Uh, Europe, uh, Japan, we've been seeing huge, huge upticks. Um, wow. Europe, uh, we just uh, started in Europe, and that's blowing up as well. Canada, obviously. Um, what's crazy is like I went to like Norway, right, and. Deadliest catches on the Discovery Channel in Norway, twenty four seven. Like really, just just on. Like it's a bar. Just like on. just <laughs> just on. I'm like I show up to my hotel room, turn on TV, Discovery Channel, it's Deadliest Catch. I'm like oh okay, cool. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing people don't understand is like if you talk about fishing fleets, so they categorize it as like boats like thirty feet or longer. Um, the European fishing fleet outnumbers the U.S. fishing fleet like six to one. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we do a ton of volume here. Wow. Um, okay. So it's just like that just gives you a little bit of perspective. Like, and we haven't even touched like Latin America, Central America, because it's uh, it's we just currently can't even handle what we already have on our plate. But obviously, yeah. we have aspirations of being like the global fishing footwear provider. Um, so yeah awesome thanks for having me thanks for listening dude just crushing it we're we love i love you so much thank you for being here uh thank thanks you. for having me thanks for keeping my toes is all nice <laughs> we got slippers and stuff coming too like it's uh what yeah slippers like gucci ass slippers no just like fuzzy ones so like again i was solving a problem um <laughs> Uh, are you allowed to uh, tell us this right now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so we made this uh, thing called the homer and uh so like oh. tender boats like they bring supplies to big boats or they'll uh they'll offload fish for them and if like nobody's calling or they're just chilling right they're just chilling out at sea waiting for someone to be like hey i have salmon to come offload and those guys will switch into like uh slippers or whatever and what we were hearing was like the the boat's still wet, so they were switching to their slippers and like run around and like slip and fall. So I was like, oh, why don't I just like put a slipper on an extra tough bottom so that they don't have to slip and fall, you know? Um, what? So yeah, that's coming as when? well. We actually launched it last year, but it, it actually uh, we again same problem. We couldn't meet the demand. I don't remember. So we're, I don't yeah, exactly. This. They exactly. <laughs> I don't 
remember. Like, they literally got into a warehouse. We shipped them out, and then they were all gone. So we were like, again, it's that same thing. We're trying to uh, chase the demand. But I think this year we'll be in a better uh, position come wintertime. I can finally join the, like, UGG community for fishermen. Is what exactly. you're telling me right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Holy you're going to have warm, shit. cozy, warm, cozy feets in those uh, colder months. Yeah, and, let's get our like, let's get our pumpkin spice I'm, out. Right? I'm going to pull stone I've been practicing how to order things. my pumpkin spice latte, you know? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> uh, can I get a pumpkin spice latte? Um, just so <laughs> nobody knows that was me ordering. I'm just kidding. Uh, I saw this thing on TikTok. I love fucking TikTok. But I love yeah. I saw this thing on TikTok where like guys have their girlfriends or wife say their order in like a voice memo. So they just pull up to the drive thru and they just play the voice memo as if the girl is ordering. That's what you need to do. You need to get like a it's girl. It's like three pumps. To- yeah. Three pumps, shaken, <laughs> not stirred, with foam and cream and uh oat milk. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A half a pump, please. I mean, just it, just a lip, just right there. Just stop. Yep. <laughs> Don't go too far. And and what what room temperature is Ooh. Starbucks right now? Yeah. Because I need it yeah. to at least be like seventy two in order yeah. for you to like get the coffee out. I drink iced coffee. I drink iced coffee around. Even more important. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the, the biggest thing for me is shout out Yeti. Right. I'll put coffee in here. It'll be too hot. So then I set it down. Yeah. And then I forget about it for like six hours. Yeah. Seven hours. And then I'm like, oh, now it's cold. Yeah. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Wow. I drank 20% of that coffee. <laughs> I'm an wow. iced coffee drinker through and through. Yeah. So now I'm just like iced all day. Because you can just yeah. drink here whenever. All right. Uh, well. As much as I want to keep going, <laughs> I'm going to make... Do we need I'm, a part two? Yeah. Any I'm telling you what. We do. I'm, we do. <laughs> we have this problem with, like, everyone where we're like, uh, we need a part two. It's like three hours later. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a great problem to have, and I'm not complaining. I'm so thankful, so freaking thankful that you guys come on here and pour your souls into this with me because it just... It just makes me feel like a freaking million bucks, like the luckiest person on earth. I'm just, I can hardly sleep at night. Um, and I don't know if you want people to necessarily find your personal Instagram, but we can, yeah, I didn't think you probably wanted to, but anyway, I'll put extra Tufts information online. Um, but Mariah, if you would like to ask Bo the question of the day here. Oh, I will ask him. So, we have our listeners rate and review us five stars so that we can be seen and we could do more things and have more guests on. But there's some, um, you know, places that people listen to podcasts that don't have reviews. So, what we do is we have them leave an emoji on our Instagram at Behind Fishing Lines. But we love our guests to pick out that emoji for our listeners to leave. So, Bo. Pick out the emoji of the day. Also, if everyone could go when they do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, if you could just tell us how much you love Bo, that would be great. You could just flood our rate and review section with just all the things that you love about Bo, and we will be glad to read them and just we'll embrace it. We'll embrace it. You could tell us how ah. much you love us, but obviously, like, Bo's the star here. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. 
Very much so. And then when um, it's his birthday, we'll do, send uh, it to him. Let's do the drip icon. The drip icon? What's that? The drip icon. Like the little water? The one little water, water drop. drop. Oh, okay, okay. It's like the kids these days, you know, the rappers are like, oh, you got that drip. <laughs> oh, Now okay. that I'm on the podcast, you guys finally got some drip. What was? Get that drip. Get that drip. Yeah. That's how you know we're like 30. We're like, um, what? Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm trying to like figure out like Gen Z and fishing as well. So like now I'm on TikTok too. Uh, it's uh, it's a whole new world. Aladdin starts playing. Um, I love TikTok. Uh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. I'm obsessed too. And then it's 4 a.m. and I'm scrolling and then I have to work in three hours. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Anyway, we're so thankful to have you both. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, pretty stoked. This is the first time this story might be out there. Um, this is the first time the story's ever been on. An exclusive. This is an exclusive. Yeah, you guys, you guys secured the exclusive interview. So <laughs> we're like, I don't even know what we are. What's like a good? News? Yeah. I don't even want to talk about news. But anyway, thank you, Bo. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. And for our listeners, don't forget to check us out at BehindFishingLines.com. You can suggest a guest and or topic. We would love to hear from you guys. Bye. Bye.